Thanks for tuning in to Horizon Community Church's podcast. Our hope and prayer is that wherever you are, you would be encouraged by this message and be equipped to face any challenges that come your way. More information about Horizon can be found at www.horizonweb.org. Well, today we are starting a new series called Love Where You Live. I read a talk by a guy out of Texas and he used his title and I said, I'm stealing that. I like it. Love where you live. And that even includes Galt, Lodi, Texas. I think, the, I think someone's in Mexico is vacationing, so it's hard not to love that. Uh, but it's where we live, where God has set you up. And, you know, one thing about the pandemic and uh, world politics, one thing that's been curtailed uh, for many, many people is travel. Now, you can travel in the United States, obviously, but to travel to different countries and things. I have a friend that normally travels a lot, and he has not been able to. He said, on Christmas, I'm going to Puerto Rico. I go, well, that's travel. He says, yeah, but see, it's part of the United States, so you don't need it. It doesn't come under the same restrictions and things much around the world. And what's been impacted because of that is missions, because you can't get to certain mission fields to do that. But I'm telling you, one of the most neglected mission fields is right around us. See, I would venture to say, and maybe it's not you guys or you guys at home or Lola, maybe it's the second service people, that I, I could probably could, to convince you more easily to spend thousands of dollars to go to Lesotho or go to Bolivia with me to meet your, meet your, your kid that you sponsor than to invite your neighbor over for dinner. I might be able to convince you to go to Nicaragua and do a sports camp and put barbecues on easier. I might be able to take a week off vacation, get in a van with a bunch of kids and people you don't know, go down to Mexico, build a house for someone you don't know, then ask your neighbor to come over for a barbecue. For some, not, maybe not here, but for some, it would, might be easier to convince you to do that. But Jesus said to love our neighbor, basically to love where we live. And we're going to be working from this phrase this next two, two weeks, a two-part two series, and that will lead us in December 5th and December 12th for some, some training of how can you share your faith when the opportunity comes to that. But this is the term today. God has sovereignly placed you among your neighbors. God's plan, his master plan was to place you where you live right now. And you're saying, Tim, you don't understand my house. I don't want to stay here forever. I'm planning on moving. Right now, this day, you may be moving next week, but right now, God's plan, his sovereign plan, his master plan is to have you be where you are at right now. I don't care if it's a rental. I don't care if it's your apartment. I don't care if you have a mobile unit. You're on a pad in a trailer. You're out in the country. You're in the city. It don't matter. God, in his sovereignty, placed you there. I'm hoping to show you that in the scriptures. Now, if you go through our partnership class, John, when he takes people through this, they go through, there's these several greats we talk about. We talk about the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. The Great Commission is found in Matthew 28, 19 through 20. 
Many of us know this. If you've gone through discipleship, you've memorized, I guarantee you this verse. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This is what he gave the disciples, some of the last words Jesus said while here on earth. And it's what he tells us to do. Therefore, go. And for a long time, many people think, go, I got to go to a different nation to do that. This word go means in the process of your going. As you wake up in the morning, you're going to that mission field. And this is the great commission, the great commandment, which includes to love God and to love people, Matthew 22, 34 through 40. Hearing this, Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert of the law, tested him with this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Because they had over 600 of them. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. That's why our church motto, it's, and it's this way, short, because I can remember this one, love God and love people. I mean, we can expand it out and everything else, but that's simply what God has taught us. We love God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. We love our neighbor. We love people around us. And the thing is about loving people or loving your neighbor, we're going to unpack that in a second going into, into Luke. There's this, there's this principle called the prox, proximity principle, which is, really is a dub principle. I mean, this is what it says. People closer together in a physical environment are more likely to form a relationship than those farther away. Isn't that profound? Wow, you came and heard of some great truth here today. The closer you live to another person, the more likely you are to be friends with them, despite the growing use of impact of social media. It's just, guys, we do better face-to-face. I mean, if the pandemic has taught us anything, is the need for each other and just the need to be with each other. And it's not that you can't have long-distance relationship. I have a friend who used to live here, but now he lives on the East Coast, far, far away. And he, he still comes out here every now and then, and we'll get together during those times. But we used to get together quite often, and so now we do it on Facebook. We'll sit, Facebook, FaceTime, thank you. FaceTime, and we'll sit there, he'll light a cigar, I'll light a cigar for three hours. We'll sit there and talk with each other. And it's great, but we're always saying, I can't wait to get some FaceTime. It's not that you can't have a relationship from people from far away. We were designed to have a relationship with people close to us. And when Jesus says to love your neighbor, the word neighbor in the Greek means neighbor. It means the one living next to you. It's the one living near to you. And you could easily say, well, you know, I love those, you know, at work. And I'm not saying those don't qualify or at school or those who are at my gym. And I consider those my neighbors. And the thing is, again, those are sometimes easier to have a relationship than the person on the other side of the fence. And there are, again, a lot of reasons why. I'm just going to lay the foundation, guys, that Jesus said, love your neighbor. And the reason he says it, that God has sovereignly placed you. Now, that story is expounded in Luke 10, if you have your Bibles or smartphone devices, go to Luke 10, where we have the story of the Good Samaritan, where again, 
on one occasion it says an expert in the law stood up and tested Jesus. Teacher, now remember, this is a test. This is not sincerity. He's not really wanting to know the answer to the question. He's trying to trap him. Teacher asked, what, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then he says, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? And he answered, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Now, what we don't get, we don't get body language. You don't get eyes, you know, moving like this because I guarantee you there's some sarcasm here. Oh, gee, what should I do to inherit into your life? And Jesus, I, I picture Jesus going, hey, <laughs> you're doing good. Go with that. See, how, just, just do that. Knowing he wasn't doing that. And that's because, that's why verse 20 says, 29 says, but he wanted to justify himself because he knew what, how Jesus was inflecting in his voice. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, you know, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. You know that place on the road there? You know, you guys, when you travel there, it's, it's a rough place. And they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. And a priest happened by to go down the same road. And when he saw the man, he actually crossed to the other side. He passed on the other side of the road. And so too did a Levite, you know, one of those other religious dudes. When he came to take a place, came to the place, he saw him passed on the other side. But a Samaritan. Guys, if you don't know the background, Samaritans weren't nice people. It, in our t context probably today, it'd be a Democrat was, a, a very left-leaning Democrat was beat up and a Republican walked by, okay? <laughs> you have to put it in terms where this is hatred, cultural hatred, that is centuries old. And I love it, Jesus, he <laughs> just... But a Samaritan walked by. You know those hated guys. As he traveled and came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him and went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put him on his own donkey, took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expenses you may have. Now tell me, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? And the expert in law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go, and do likewise. I, that's a sermon unto itself, obviously, but the story of the Good Samaritan is that people were always trying to get around for caring for their neighbors. They kept trying to re-identify who their neighbors were. When their neighbors were the ones right next to them. Um, right in front of them. And there's no one, guys. I don't care how different they are from you that exempts you from loving and caring and showing kindness to your neighbor. 
God has sovereignly placed you where you live in your neighborhood. And where we find this is in Acts 17. In Acts 17, you have Paul, and he is in, 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 in Greece. He's in Athens. And as he normally does, he walks into the town, and in this town, he sees statues of gods everywhere. He even came across a statue of a god that said the unknown god. Because the Greeks just didn't want to leave anybody out. Just in case they missed one, got to include them all. And it, and it says in Acts 17 that this saddened him. And so as his normal thing, would, he would go into the synagogues and talk about Jesus. Then he would go in the marketplace and talk about Jesus. And he, as he was talking, here's all these Athenians who who loved to discuss things. And here was a new idea being taught by Paul. And so they invited him to Mars Hill. And you can still go to this place. The, uh, how do you say that? Aerogopus, Aeropagus. Anyways, it's Mars Hill. And uh, I'll just go with that. And he goes there in verse 22. Paul then stood up in the meeting of the Mars Hill and said, Men of Athens... I see that in every way you were very religious. For as I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. Now what you worship is something unknown. I'm going to proclaim to you today. You're very spiritual, guys. You're very religious. I mean, you've got a God for everything out there. I don't think you missed one. Matter of fact, you made sure you didn't miss any with the unknown God. But I'm, let me tell you who this unknown God is. Verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he's not served by human hands if, as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. Let me tell you about this unknown God. He created it all. The very breath you're breathing is given to you by him. Now, verse 26. From one man, he made every nation of every man, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined. This is another, he planned. He is sovereign. He chose the time set for them, and what? the exact places where they should live. Well, that's not including me. He's talking about Adam, and he's talking about all the patriarchs. And No. The same God that gives you breath every day, the same God that gives you everything, he determined that right now where you're living is exactly where you should be. Well, I chose this house. He didn't choose my house. Okay, go with that if you want, but... Um, he determined where you should live. God has sovereignly placed you among your neighbors. Verse 27 says why. God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. Not only did he determine where you're supposed to live, but there's a reason behind it. He actually placed your neighbors there. God has sovereignly placed your neighbors next to you so that you would, they would seek God. What? 
Yeah, see, he says, I'm going to put you there. I'm going to put you as this light, this lighthouse in the middle here. And you're going to live differently than everybody else. And because of that, your neighbors are going to be drawn to you. That's how God planned it. Guys, as a church, we can, I mean... We put advertisement. We got signs all around town. Here's Christmas. We got the parade coming up. They're going to get a, you know, I think we get 600 bags of candy to hand out. There's a flyer in there about all our Christmas things that we got gone. And guys, we're going to go all out in Christmas. Every, every Sunday is going to be different decorations going on. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a blast. And the thing is, we can advertise. I can take things out of the paper. Kevin wants a plane with a big sign being pulled around it. He still wants that one day before he's dead. I'm going to give him that. Um, it still comes down to you inviting your neighbors. But to invite them, you got to know them. And the reason God has placed them there around you is so that they will seek after God. Just, just think about that for a moment. God could do it one of a hundred different ways. But he says, no, I'm going to put you in this neighborhood. I'm going to put all these people around you because you're going to be the beacon for me. That, that's a pretty ominous thought of how much trust God has placed in you for that purpose. You know, one thing... The church has never been as resourced as it is today. I mean, how many videos? I mean, we gave you that gift, you know, where anyone can tie in to, to the, the, this incredible wealth of Bible studies and videos and YouTube. I mean, we, are, we have so much information. But before the pandemic, the church was in decline. The pandemic has only accelerated that process. And what 90% of the churches in America today are finding is that churches are about 60 to 70% back to what it was pre-pandemic. And some people aren't coming back. I mean, some people will watch online. I mean, obviously, you know, we encourage people to, if they can be in fellowship, be in fellowship, because there's nothing like this, being with other people. But we have taught people that it's okay to do church at home, too. And so we're living in an interesting place. And I think with everything going on, that God's basic, simple way of reaching people, guys, just love on your neighbor. Just be kind to your neighbor. Be that beacon that he has set you up to be that people will actually be drawn to because you're different than everybody else. Jesus says it starts with neighbor. Now you may say, Tim, you don't know my neighbor. I got the neighbor from hell living next to me. I mean, I, sorry, we, Jeff and I did a gig yesterday, and someone asked us, hey, do you do parties, do this, and we live in the country? And Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, yeah, we got neighbors. They just parked a motorhome. I mean, they just start talking about their neighbors. And I know some of you, have, their dogs never stop barking. You know, they pull all the stuff out. They never mow their lawn. They're just trimming out this and they're doing this. I don't even have a dog. How do I got poop on my lawn? And I'm <clears throat> They're training their dogs to do that. I know it. <laughs> they party incessantly. Boom, 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 boom,
That's what you guys have told me anyway. No, just. But God has placed you sovereignly to be a beacon with your neighbors next to you that they may see God. It's interesting, there's a, a, an effect called the Rosetto effect. Now the Rosetto effect is a phenomenon by which a close-knit community experiences a reduced heart disease. There's an actual place in Pennsylvania, the town is called Rosetto. It's an Italian community. And what they found is in this community of closely knit Italians is that heart defects, heart attacks, were below, way below the national average. And it was drawn attention. And so they did a 50-year study between Rosetto and the town next to it. And what they found is that in Rosetto, the ne nearly no heart attacks in men from ages 55 to 64, that high risk. And men over 65 had a death rate of 1% compared to other places. There were more widowers than widows in the community. Men were living longer. And when they studied the men, this is what they found. They smoked stogies. I love that. <laughs> Tell you, you live longer. COVID stays away. They drank wine with unabandonment. <laughs> they skipped the Mediterranean meals and went to meatball sausages and fried foods, hard and soft cheeses. The men, the men worked in quarries where diseases were everywhere. There was very little crime, few applications for public assistance because this town, this community was so knit together. The writer of the study says the community was very cohesive. There was no keeping up with the Joneses. Houses were very close together and everyone lived more or less alike. Elders were revered and incorporated into community life. Housewives were respected and fathers ran the family. They found their diets weren't any better, but their connections to their neighbors were profound. And so they actually lived longer. Which was God's idea in the first place. To love your neighbor. But we live in a world of fences and gates and our backyards you know, are now our front yards where we spend more time. And we've lost that sense of the kindness principle. I mean, I can say love your neighbor and you know, sometimes we get lumped. It's easier to say, be kind to your neighbor. Focus on them rather than yourself. Kindness is at the forefront. Helping, giving a helping hand. Be there to listen. Be there in time of need. Stay connected to them. And God is calling us to invest in our neighbors, sacrifice for our neighbors when necessary, ultimately to show kindness to our neighbors. And here's the deal. Many Christians, I believe, jump over the great commandment to love your neighbor and try to get to the Great Commission <laughs> first. Well, we got to share the gospel. We got we to let them know who they are. Guys, you have to spend time developing a relationship. There's a book, and I've handed out many of these, and I actually went out of print, then I went back in print, called The Gospel Blimp. 
And if you just want to have a joyous hour or so, go on YouTube, type in the gospel blimp, because a little movie was made about it. And it's, 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 it's funny. It's just a story. And the story is about this neighborhood, and there's this group of people who all go to the same church, and they're sitting in the backyard, and they're just talking about church and God and reaching out to people. And across the way, obviously it's back east because there's no fences, no anything. Here's their neighbors next door outside having a barbecue, beers in their hand and going on. And so they start talking about how do we reach our neighbors? And all of a sudden this big blimp comes over and everyone stops and looks at a blimp. Just like today, if a blimp came over, we'd all stop and go, look at a blimp. And they looked over and they saw the neighbors staring at the blimp and they had this great idea. What if we buy a blimp? <laughs> and what we can do, we'll fly it around town and drop gospel tracts on our neighbors. And that way they'll come to know Jesus. And they formed an organization. They bought a blimp. They hired a captain. They were doing this. But all of a sudden, things they were dropping was causing electrical fires and all. I mean, it was just, it's just craziness. And at the end of the story, I'm going to ruin it for you. But at the end of the story, one of the neighbors said, they, they went off the community. This is ridiculous. We can't do this anymore. And after all this fiasco and everything, they were meeting with their neighbors. They asked, hey, can you come over for dinner? No, we can't. Why? Because they invited the neighbors next door to have dinner with them. Because this whole organization was trying to set up to get the gospel to the neighbors. If you just invited them over for dinner, what would have happened? Now, I know some of you are into gardening. And, uh, I mean, we talk about gardening every year. We haven't had a garden for several years because a lot of things. And I mean, you have space for gardens. Some of you love to garden. And, you know, many times when the garden season is up, man, we got fruits and vegetables out there to hand out to people. It's awesome. But anytime you go to do a garden, you have to decide, am I going to go for seeds or am I going to go for seedlings, right? I mean, you can kind of cheat, get ahead of the game and go get seedlings. You know, I mean, a seedling is basically someone else did the work for you. <laughs> got it up to about this big. And now you can just put it in the ground. My grandfather, my papa, had a great garden. My dad never had a garden. We never had a garden in the house because he grew up as a farmer. He wanted nothing to do. I mean, my mom couldn't even have chickens. He wanted to be so far removed from that. But my grandfather, my papa, always had a garden. And so I, st I still remember going over there and getting this patch. And he had a nice piece of, piece of acreage to, to do this. And I was out there as a young, young boy with this rotor tiller. Just blowing on just banging. I could still see myself just shaking to do that. And you're chomping on the ground. You're getting all the weeds. And I understand my dad was in the fertilizer and chemical business. So we had all the good stuff. I mean, stuff that would be illegal today, guarantee you. And we would tent the thing with plastic and fumigate it. And I'm, I'm learning from dad. Yeah, we do this because Tim don't breathe this, you know. And it just putting this in the ground to prepare it for the seeds. Now, they didn't have seedlings back then. It was for the seeds. Because in all honesty, when it comes to God's garden, there is no seedlings in God's garden. You don't start off in God's garden like this. You've got to start with a seed. And we always talk, well, I'm just going to plant seeds in people's lives. Okay, great. But you've got to prepare the ground first. You've got to. 
And that takes time. Whether you're out there with a shovel, whether you're out there with a rotor tiller, big or small, you still got to prepare the ground in order for a seed to ever take shape. And so much work has to go into the ground. And that's why, again, God has given us the ground. God has sovereignly placed you among your neighbors. God has sovereignly placed your neighbors next to you so they can see God. So here it all is, that God has placed you in a place. He's given you ground. But before you can plant seeds, you need to till some soil. In a book, uh, Gregory Cole, it's called Tactics. It's a great book. He says this, you cannot love someone into the kingdom. Neither is the simple gospel by itself adequate to do the job. I mean, I know we say statements like, you know, always share the gospel and sometimes use words. I get it. I understand that. You got to share words too. And his whole point is that because I've loved on many people who never came to Christ. So love is not the only, if you just love them, they'll come. No, that's not necessarily true. But you just plant enough seeds and plant enough, you know, broadcast the word of God over your fence, you know, shoot arrows of gospel tracks into the yard. They'll eventually come. Not true. They'll call the cops on you is what will happen. It's a combination of how am I tilling the soil? When do I plant the seeds? Because ultimately it's God. We've said this in our series on God's love, John 6, 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me. So there's that part. Well, no one comes to me unless the Father draws him. Guess what he already did? He put you in the middle of that neighborhood to help in the drawing process. We need to be intentional if we are going to reach out with the truth. Because if you're a believer in Christ today, God has placed a light in you. That's why he says, don't cover it up. You don't hide it that's a waste of energy. Let your light shine. Because it says that when they see what you do, it's not hear what you say. They have observed you. This is an incredible drawing. Um, We had neighbors once next to us and they were great. I mean, he was a motorcycle rider, I'm a motorcycle rider and you know, and funny, in all the years, we never went on a ride. But we, we shared a lot of things between the fences and talking and everything else. Invite them to church, invite them to church, invite them to church. No, they didn't go, didn't come, didn't go, didn't come. And then one day, they were driving by. You know, the wife stops and says, hey, Tim, do you, do you have stuff for kids? You know, for like, like a Sunday school thing for my grandkids? I said, yeah, we do. Great. And this is what she said. Because we've been watching your boys, and we want what they got. Now, to a dad, I mean, they weren't watching Stephanie, she'd already moved out. To a dad, to hear that about your kids, um, which I got to take each boy separately and just say, I just want to tell you something. That my neighbors had been watching and listening. They'd been watching how they honored mom and dad. 
how they respected us when we asked them to do it. They watched them as their friends were over playing volleyball and digging holes in the back backyard and said, let's dig a trampoline and we're going to put the trampoline at level ground until they got to the hard pan. That ended real fast. Um, but out by the fire pits. And I, I, my dad, he, I took lessons from him because we had everything. We had a pool, we had a pool table, basketball court, all the things. And his whole premise was, my house is going to be where my kids' friends hang out because I want to know who my, my kids' friends are. And that's what we've done. It's, just, it's simple that way. But to hear my neighbors say, we've been watching them and we want what they've got. God has intentionally placed you in that neighborhood for a reason. It's whether we're going to use it or not. Are we going to be the light in that place? And so today's assignment is, is it's simple. Uh, is first one, draw a map of your neighborhood. Now, some of you out in the country, it's going to be a fairly bigger map. Some of you in an apartment's going to be little boxes next to it. But draw a map. Put a box for every apartment, every dorm room, every house next to you, every mobile unit next to you. And then write the names of those people in there. I would venture to guess some of us don't even know the names. Now, we may know the last name. And if you're like me, I'm horrible with names. I mean, I have to, have to stick a name to some, something. You know, I, did, I met Warren back here, and I had to say, okay, Warren, Warren, Warren. Wiersbe. I know Warren Wiersbe, so I'm going to put Warren Wiersbe. And I, we, 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 I play that game to try to remember names, but... Kids' names? I don't know. I have one neighbor, neighbor named Gabriel. Well, that's easy to remember. I just see him with wings on the back of himself. Uh, but put the names of your neighbors around you. Because that may take some time and some investigating. And you may say, Tim, I can't do that. I've lived here 10 years. I don't even know their names, and they live right next to me. Then figure out a way. And maybe it's just as simple, you know, every time I walk by your house, I pray for you, and I don't even know your guys' first names. What are your first names? I guarantee if you use it, I've never, I've only had one person in my entire life says, you don't pray for me. I've told you that story where then I said, okay, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray that your house burns down. <laughs> I did. And it was meant to, I mean, it It works. All right, use this gently, all right? Maybe not house burns down, you could be arrested for that too now and nowadays. But I got him to the point to understand, I'm going to pray horrible things happen to you. Don't do that. See? <laughs> you know prayer works. That's, <laughs> that's why I got him. Anyway. But then begin to pray. Maybe around your family table at dinner. You say, let's pray for this box. Jessica and Paul, and the kids' name, and you just pray for the name. And just focus on that. You're just praying for them. You're praying for others. And you're praying because why? God has placed you in that for a reason. He's determined where you live today. That can change next week. But right now, I know this is where God wants me to be. So, Father, as I pray for this name, I pray for this neighbor from hell. How, how do I do that? 
I mean, we've all had neighbors from hell. We know what that is. But it says love your enemy. Be kind to them. Don't stoop to their level. Um, and to see what begins to happen. Because once you begin to see that my house is a lighthouse and God put it here. What am I going to do? I mean, come on, it's nearly Christmas. You know, play the cookies to your neighbors. Now, I say that, I thought about that. Don't bring a plate of cookies unless you know how to cook. All right, don't, don't, all right. Don't experiment on your neighbors. You want it to be a drawing card to them. All right, so if you know someone who really is a good baker, use them or go buy them or something. All right, but if you're a bad cook, don't give them your cookies. All right, um, bring in an ornament or something. But that way, you begin to know. I mean, this is where block parties, what an easiest, easier way to do it. You know, block parties. And then, hey, I'm starting a, start a neighborhood watch. We don't have one in this neighborhood, so I'm going around getting all the information, neighbors, and you know, I'm not stalking your house, really. I'm not. I, I'm not planning. It just all of a sudden, you're connecting. Just like God planned it to be. Father in heaven, I thank you that... Uh, you are sovereign, and not only in just giving us breath and how many days we have on this earth, but you've planted us exactly where you want us to be today. Whether that's in Mexico, Texas, Oklahoma, Oregon, Galt, Lodi, out the country, Father, you determine that. And you determine for a reason because we're supposed to be a beacon that people will actually want to see God because. They know us. May we be different in a godly way. How we approach things, how we approach life, how we approach each other. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, make your maps, and we'll be back here for part two next week. God bless.